everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing, writing life, and also uh, my video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. I've got a, something special up this month something called The Author's Journey. I kind of look back at some of the interviews I did with R.L. Stein and Andre Debuse and Elizabeth Rose Stanton and Willie Vlaughton and, oh, and Graham Simpson. And I kind of reflect on what I learned from them and how what I learned applies to every writer's journey. So check it out there on authormagazine.org. It's up there right now. And we're funded by the wonderful Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. As you know, they have a great writers conference every year up here in the Northwest. People come from all over the world to uh, attend, as well they should. Loads of great classes, master classes, agents, editors, and writers, writers, writers of plenty. Filling up fast. I know there's still spots left conference is in, well, it's just about a little over a month, August 13th, 14th, or 12th, 13th, 14th, I think that's, well, 15th, all the way into the Sunday, do a special thing on screenwriting this year. Oh, it's a great conference, so if you live in the Northwest or if you're willing to travel a little, check it out, pnwa.org, and you can learn all about the conference. I will be there teaching different stuff. I'm also going to be doing on August 17th an online fearless writing masterclass. Two hours, live, video, face-to-face. Yes, you get to be there, ask questions, talk about what it is to write fearlessly. If you like the book, but you've never had a chance to meet me and talk to me, well, here's your chance. Yes, it is. Go to williamcanower.com and sign up. Love to see you there. There's still room in that class. Okay. Oh, we got a good one. He's a returning guest. Don't have that many of them. But Robert Crace is worth a second look. He is the author of best-selling Elvis Cole's novels. Elvis Cole's novels, excuse me. He began his career writing for such hit TV shows as Hill Street Blues and Miami Vice. But he left. He left the lucrative world of television to pursue his dream of writing novels. Though it took some time, he hit pay dirt with his very first published novel, The Monkey's Raincoat, which, by the way, is still one of the best titles for a suspense novel I've ever, I think there is, in my opinion, The Monkey's Raincoat doesn't get better than that. Anyway, it became a smash hit and went on to win the Anthony and the McCavity Awards. Boom, started off with a bang. He has since published over 20 novels and remains one of the most read and respected suspense writers working today. Just got a new book out yesterday. Yes, right, yesterday, A Dangerous Man, and it's another good one. He's on the show with us. Robert, welcome to the show. Bill, it's great to be back, man. Thank you so much. Well, it's good to have you back, Robert. I tell you, I um, I don't normally read suspense and uh, crime stuff, but every time I, I had the exact same experience last time that I had with a dangerous man, which is I said, well, it's going to be interviewing Mike. Let's take a look. Let's see what he's up to now, because we don't usually talk about the books that much. And I could not freaking put the book down. This is the truth. This is the truth. I was just churning through. So you did it to me again, my friend. You got hey, me that's hooked. the goal, man. That, you know, that you, you couldn't say anything nicer to me. If, if, if I put words on paper and those words pull you in 
and 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 force you to keep turning those pages. That's that's uh, it. Doesn't get any better than that for a writer. That's the goal, and I know of, uh, I must be doing something right. You just, well, and again, I stress this is not my genre, but it does. But you still had me. You see, you still had me. So it's. I think it's worth extra points that you got me cooking along <laughs> through that thing. Yeah, you like I'm to make serious. it hard, Bill. I know that. Next time I'm on a plane trip, I'm going to buy a older. Elvis Cole novel, because I'm sure it'll get me from takeoff to landing. I have no doubt. Well, I hope you enjoy it. I, you know, I, uh, I, I think all writers, for whatever surface reason we may write, I think what we what we truly want is to touch other people with our words and our yeah. work. And um, uh, you know, and if and if and, and I think, you know, we're, we're we're desperately trying to express something. Uh, yeah. Why else sit sit down at a laptop or with a tablet and a pen and 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 spend so many hours and weeks and days and uh, trying to write uh, and and you know so if if something about the the, the words the characters uh, touches someone and, and helps them pass the time or takes them out of themselves and play, puts them in another place that's the magic of of writing and that's really the magic of books. Yeah, I agree. There's you know we. I, Obviously, whenever we last time we talked, I know we talked about your transition from television to to fiction. Um, It is an interesting one to make. And there is something about it's funny. My brother said to me, uh, he's a he's in television now and he was always interested in theater. And 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 I took an interest in writing very young. And I still remember him saying to me once, he said, Bill, this writing thing, I don't totally get it. All you get are words. There's no sound. There's no color. There's no movement. All there are are words. And to me, that's the pleasure. But he did have a point in a way, didn't he? Because at least with television, yeah, well, it's well, a he lot. Did, but, but, but to me, that's sort of the magic of prose. And, and uh, yeah. uh, be, because in those words, they're not silent at all. And, and, they're, and, yeah. they, and they don't lack color. I mean, uh, to think of them intellectually as black ink on white paper or or, <laughs> or, or, or black dots on a computer screen, yeah. but uh, they're 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 simply, you know, they're they're magic in the in the in the mind of a reader. That's in fact what makes I think what makes books special to me and, and why books are so spe- uh, so so precious to me. I did TV, and, and by the way, yeah. I say this. And in no way uh, disparages it. I, 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 I'm a huge fan of television and movies. I loved working in, in television. Magic is created on the screen. Uh, yeah. But what it, it also presents a, a complete picture. You know, if, if, if we're casting yeah. a, a movie and there's Bruce Willis, well, all of us can look at him, and he looks like Bruce Willis, right? He looks – everybody right. knows what Bruce Willis looks right. like or whoever right. the actor is. But when, when, when I write a book, publish a book, here's what I know. Uh, the book, in and of itself, is just a bunch of paper sitting on a desk. It is, it is lifeless. When it comes to life is when a reader reads it. That's right. And in, in that moment, I, the writer, and the reader collaborate. Right, and right. And the movie, the, the brain movie, the head movie, occurs in the mind of the reader and it is unique to every reader. Yeah. You know, everyone, like I write about Elvis Cole and Joe Pike. Every one yeah. of my readers, they have their own image of Elvis Cole and Joe Pike. 
Yeah. And we've collaborated together to create that image. And I love that because that means I have, what, hundreds of thousands of collaborators <laughs> out there. That's right. That's, uh, that's right. Like, that's like golden, man. That is like fabulous. And, you know, I was thinking about that because uh, so the book starts out, we meet in, in the most recent version, we meet Joe Pike first. And, and, um, and you know, the portrait you give of him, very kind of sparing. We know he's athletic and he's got this tattoo and he's dark haired and long and muscular. But, it, you know, these are very general descriptions. And but and I it is it's left to me to completely fill him out. And I think I prefer that to an, when an author kind of paints them down to the freckles on their face, you know, because I can't hold all that in my head. But then you leave it to me to fill in those gaps. Yeah. Oh, that 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 that's where we begin to collaborate. I'll be honest. Right. With you, I've written uh, now this dangerous man is my 18th. Uh, wow. called Joe Pike novel. Wow. That's a lot of books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In all that time, I have never, ever, not once, seen Elvis Cole's face or Joe Pike's face. <laughs> right. I, I can see their shapes. I can see, I, I, I know their hair. There are a lot of details about them I know, but I've never seen yeah. their their faces. And I think that on, on some deep, deep head level on for me, there's a reason for that. And yeah. I think part of the reason is, is so that uh, I leave room for the reader to come in and together we build an Elvis Cole. Together we build yeah. a Joe Pike. Yeah. But you can feel Elvis Cole. You know how it, you know what it feels like when he steps into the room. You know, you would sure. know what it feels like yeah. when he entered the room, right? Yeah. That's the trick. You know, you have to know, yeah. Uh, and, and again, when I say that, it, it, you may not be able to write a list. Uh, I don't, right. At least I don't think I could write a list. But it's a matter of giving enough information without giving too much information. Because you're right. Yeah. You can overburden. I mean, I could, I could of course, I could, I could uh, Elvis Cole walks into a room. I could write thousands of words, page after page after page, <laughs> including every detail, leaving nothing to the imagination. You know what? That would be awful to read. I'm convinced that would be terrible <laughs> yeah. to read. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's, I, I, you know, it's an interesting conversation we're having because one of the things I stress when I teach writing or give workshops is the, that, the, that most readers are unaware of, their, the, of how important they are to the story. They give everything to the author for the most part. But authors almost, well, most of them understand the role the re that the that the real that the secret ingredient is the reader's imagination and as a collaboration but most readers i don't think really understand that i don't think they get that they are as important as the author no i i i agree with you uh now that you know i i, I would also say i don't think it's it's a requirement that they do no uh, i don't either i, I think no. you know all writers are readers first so let me speak as the reader bob as opposed to the yeah. writer bob um when I'm reading those books and those authors I most enjoy, after a few sentences or paragraphs, suddenly the words almost disappear. I don't think right. of the author. I also don't right. think of, of me. I lose myself in the words and the images those words are creating in my head. You know, I'm, I'm suddenly yep. in the room and, uh, or, or the environment, wherever the writer's taken me. And and when it all 
disappears except for what's in your head, then you've lost yourself in the fiction that the, the, the writer's created. And I think that's when I personally know that I'm the most involved in a story and I'm really enjoying what I'm reading. Yeah. Well, and that's another place the author and the writer overlap because even though like, so I used to write fiction. Now I write creative nonfiction, narrative nonfiction, where I, where I, or someone named Bill Knauer all appears in almost every story. And yet I know it's going well, or I, or I should say, I can't really begin until even I lose the sense of myself as I'm writing, even though I have my name on the page, it doesn't matter. I kind of forget myself. I kind of become transparent and that, and, and, and lose myself in this, or one sense of myself, I should say. And I, I, it's got to be true for you when you're writing fiction, because, of course, Bob is not in that book at all. Sure, sure. There's, there's actually uh, two very, very distinct uh, levels when it, when it comes to writing. There, there is that purely creative moment that you're describing where I, as a writer, I'm sitting here, I'm writing a scene, whatever it is, and um, I, I lose myself in it, you know, where, where, where Bob ceases to exist. And what exists is the reality of with, the, with these particular characters in that moment as, as they play the scene that I'm, that I'm writing. And, that, and it's almost a purely emotional uh, uh, expression at that point. Yeah. Then the other level, of course, has to be, well, when, when the words are coming out that way, that, that, that freely, um, they, they often need, need heavy revision and a lot of rewriting. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. and, and then you go back and apply more, more of an intellectual approach. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, you know, clean it up and try to make sure you're saying exactly what it is you want the reader to get. Uh, but but the, you can't have the one without the other. I think – I think if you if you write one way without the other, no matter which way comes first, you um, uh, you know you, you're well. At least I, I shouldn't speak for all writers, but I know I I don't think I would be happy with the end result. I I I do one and then the other, and the first always for me is to like find a way to lose myself in it. Because by the way, when I do, for me that means the scene's really cracking. That means suddenly right. it's it's alive. The characters are alive. The scene's alive good right. go man let it run alive that's really what you want and you know maybe if you're listening and you're a writer you know what you know what bob means but um it may, and maybe you're just a reader and you're not but that is the thing you're looking for it feeling alive the people are the characters are doing things maybe they surprise you a little bit uh but even if they're doing what you expect them to do it they do it in a way that feels alive as opposed to forced i don't know how else to say it but it has to feel like a thing that's actually happening as opposed to something that I'm constructing. Yeah. Well, that's the, yeah, I would think that's the, I mean, not all books are the same. The intent of, no. of every book is not the same as the intent of every other book, blah, blah, blah. Right. But when we're talking about fiction, uh, or when I'm talking about fiction, uh, I, I think that's, that's the idea. I'm, you know, I, the writer, I'm trying to create a world. I even have a name for it. I call it Elvis Cole's Los Angeles. But right. I'm trying to create a world that the that that I, the writer, and the reader can lose him or herself in. You know, I right. want it to be real. I want it. I want. I want you to read it and and live vicariously through the characters and escape, uh, uh, in a way, escape whatever your reality is. And suddenly, you're in Elvis Cole's Los Angeles. 
and you're with Joe Pike or you're with Elvis, whatever, whoever the character is, and and you get to spend a few hours in their world, and right. uh, and and hopefully I touch your emotions. I know, for example, when I'm writing, uh, I, I I know I'm really on it. Uh, when I'm writing a particularly emotional scene, I mean I'll sit here and and, and cry like a baby. Yeah, you know, I'll yeah. I'll cry or, yeah. or I'll be I'll be uh, you know tense because it's a it's yeah. a it's a it's a t- it's a tension scene a tension inducing scene yeah. i can f- i mean i i physically get tense as yep. a writer so you know that wouldn't that wouldn't be happening if it were purely mo- uh, intellectual right. act that's an emotional act and what i'm putting that's on right. the page that's emotional and if and if i can do that i'm thinking well you know it'll happen for the reader too and that's what i want yeah i always say feel first write second like everything you, you got to feel the thing you're writing before you can write it. Yeah. It, it, I mean, advice. you may not do That's it. Great advice. Quickly, yeah. Right. Feel first. So uh, I mentioned earlier how I picked up your book and I was just cooking along. You had me right from the get go, but uh, it struck me pace, particularly for the kind of books you write, very important that the pace has a certain, that you really be in control of the pace. And I'm wondering if you, because a lot of dialogue uh, and the thing just cracks along, um, but you're in, but that it, the, the pace is driven not just by what's happening, but the way in which you 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 tell the story on a sentence to sentence level. Right. And when did you discover how the pace of an Elvis Cole novel, or what the pace of an Elvis Cole novel is? How did you find it? Did you know it before you? Did you just was it from your television days? Like how did you find that? And how and have you learned a, more about it as you your 18 <laughs> books in? And the answer to that question is all of the above. Ah, uh, okay. I, no, well, I my television train. I think of my TV years as my writing school because yeah. I was a really young, inexperienced yeah. writer when I got involved in TV. You're like in your twenties, right? Uh, early twenties. I was, uh, I believe, twenty-two. Whoa. I believe I was twenty-two years old. Whoa. Oh my and, God! And uh, you know, I didn't know. I, I had I had been writing short fiction, you know, prose fiction, short stories, right. uh, since I was thirteen or fourteen. Right. And right. I had only actually published a handful of short stories before I broke into television. And so, honestly, I knew nothing. Yeah. But to go from from that. Um, to be that person and suddenly find myself. And I was very fortunate because I got to work with some outstanding, talented people. Yeah. Uh, to, 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 to go from basically nothing to uh, working with writers and writer producers on shows. Did you like meet Hill Stephen Street Bosco? Of course. Sure. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. Stephen Bosco was my boss on Hill Street Blues. He hired yeah. me. Uh, yeah. I, I, I knew Stephen well and, and, and worked with him and, you know, we're, as soon as you say the the name Stephen Bochco, you're actually talking about a certifiable genius. I mean, yeah, this, he was this really man, a huge innovator, a, a huge innovator, brilliant writer. Yeah. Uh, he too had been. He first broke into television when he was uh, 21 or 22 years old. Oh, he was wow. older than me, but but he, and he did it far earlier than me. But yeah, you know, we we had had similar experiences that way. Um, but the the Hill Street staff, you know, Bochco and and the Hill Street co-creator Michael Kozel and the writers who were on staff there, 
were just A++++. I mean, su- right. superb writers. And to yeah. work with people like that, to work with the actors who I was gifted to work with. Yeah, great Tyndale, cast. Uh, uh, and Lacey, Tyndale, and Sharon Glass. Yep. The, the actors on Hill Street, Jack Klugman on Quincy. You know, I'm sitting there like a sponge, man. I'm with those people every day, and we're working on scripts, and we're working on dialogue. And the lessons I learned, look, I mean, if if, 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 for a million dollars, you couldn't buy an education that good. It was no, you had like you had like a a, you had an advanced level faculty. You had a Harvard level writing faculty beyond beyond Harvard beyond Harvard. I mean. And it was I got them I got a master's I got a PhD you know what right. I mean it's like the, the <laughs> ultimate thing so yeah. so of course all of that shaped how I I tell I tell stories and, and then when I transitioned my career to writing novels which were my dream right. uh, you, you know I, I it it's kind of obvious I mean I it, of course that had a you know, I'm a very visual writer. Uh, I was visual before I started writing TV, and that probably made me even more visual, just how I see the world. But <clears throat> how I tell stories uh, was was very much uh, uh, a, a product of that experience. And I think in large part led to, to Knockwood, the, the success of my fiction. Uh, right. You know, I, when I'm when – I'm, and I, I will get back to your pace question because it's relevant. Uh, yeah. So, so I learned how to pace from working on those television stories. I mean, I know, I, I know all the elements that go into driving a scene forward, and right. from that scene being launched into the next scene, because you have to do that when you're writing film. Yep. Yep. Um, and I do that in the books now. After after eight, well, 22 books in total, 18 Joe Pike Elvis Cole books. Um, I think the pace has evolved. It, it has changed. Oh, I think yeah. it it was pretty quick in the beginning. Yeah. But, uh, I went through a transition. You know, I went, look, I love crime fiction. That's why I write crime fiction. And my first few books um, were, were, were sort of classic crime fiction. They were written in a paradigm of, 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 Amer- of the American detective novel, you know, Raymond right. Chandler, first person right. point of view of the, uh, of, of the detective. Everything's from from that that character's point of view, but after a few books, I actually began to feel constrained. I, I knew there was more out there in the, my little fictional universe right. that was rich and would be wonderful to experience and to read. And and I, I reached a point where I just had to leave the the old traditional form behind. And I and I broke that was with a book called L.A. Requiem, and I just said, you know what? I, I I have to broaden the canvas here, and I yeah. did. And I and I had you know a multi characters, multi viewpoint. I I broke the first person point of view. I was using first person and third person. I was even moving yeah. through time. You know, I was doing flashbacks, the the whole load, and and what I found, <clears throat> the books became longer, physically longer. But in a way, they started to 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 feel even more propulsive and move more quickly. And that sort of progress, you know, I, 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 I'll be totally honest with you. It's not like I had some grand design to do that. Right. I did not. Just, I think that's simply yeah. my evolution as a writer. Um, and but I, I think that sort of lean down, propulsive, page turning style 
has simply evolved and sharpened over the years. Yeah. And, um, and so here I am. Yeah. And it's a felt thing to some degree. I mean, I know you can, I'm sure there are things intellectually you can do. You can spot like, oh, there's some dead space. And that's, these are certain, now, even the work I do, there are certain, which is, which is again, narrative nonfiction, but I've learned certain tricks I can do to make things work. But I would think that it's still a feel to some degree that you have a, and just a finer and finer feel for it. Yeah. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. I mean, um, I mean, there, there, you figure out little tricks along the way. Sure. Uh, but I, I, you know what tricks is the bad word. See, I, I edit even, even when I'm speaking. I, 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 edit, <laughs> constantly when I, write. I, I edit myself constantly when I talk. Uh, tr- tricks is the wrong word. Yeah. It, it's the result of experience. You, you learn what, what's, what's uh, uh, over time, you develop a sense for, what works and, 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 and what doesn't and, and what makes a, for example, a smooth transition and what makes for a, uh, a balky or, or stunted transition, which is going to be a yeah. stumbling block for the reader. Um, you know, a story, there's a, the, the aerospace industry, oddly enough, has this interesting concept about airplanes. Uh, if it looks fast, it'll fly fast. Uh, huh. Well, really? uh, it, yeah, it really does. And that's why basically all airplanes kind of look the same, because yeah. aerodynamics works the same for every way, everyone. Right. And, and if and if the really fast aircraft, they all they all have that really sleek bird-like look. There's a similarity. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an there's a, an analogous thing with with, with fiction. Um, you know, you you can certainly. You know, you, if if your if your chapters are shorter, your paragraphs are smaller. Now, I'm a guy who occasionally has a really long paragraph, so I know 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 whereof I speak. Right. Um, it's going to flow differently than a short short paragraphs will flow differently for the reader than long paragraphs. Right. All right. So I can say that intellectually, and I know that to be a fact. That doesn't mean that you write all one way or all the other. What that means is, if you if 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 your style is to write something fast and page turning, then if you decide that you want, for whatever reason, to have a, a longer uh, or, 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 or more generous paragraph or more generous chapter, uh, then you do so with the full knowledge that this is going to be the result. But yeah. that's okay, you know, because yeah. you're, 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 you're probably at that point striving, striving for a particular effect. Um, or a particular emotion. Those are the those are just the little keys that you learned along the way, and uh, uh, and they work. Yeah, I know. For me, when I think about craft, a lot of what craft is, I mean, just there are learn. I've learned things to do, but I also understand, and a lot of it's unconscious because I don't think about it. But I've learned right, a yeah. ton not to do. That so much that we're, if if I've sped my process up at all, it's all the things I just don't bother doing anymore. That once upon a time I would have, I would have tried. Uh, I don't know if that's true for you, but I know that's true for me now. Yeah. Well, no. Of course, it is true because, um, you know, I, I was I was listening to your to your lead in before we began. You're talking about uh, the importance of of writing fearlessly. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, that's yeah. absolutely spot on, and and there are many levels to that. Um, yeah. Every writer needs to. You, you need to lose 
you need to be unafraid of failing. Uh, That's right. You you need to allow yourself the freedom to write badly or to end up with a bad scene or a bad line or whatever. Right. No one will kill you. No one will kill you. And you know what? (laughs) That's also why they made rewrites. That's right. You know, just get it down and uh, put it down on the page uh, for that all important goal of finishing. You know, you have to finish what you write. But, but, you can always go back and revise it. And Lord knows I'm the master of that because I rewrite constantly and I rewrite everything. Uh, right. So one of the things I do know and have learned is is I do not fear when I'm writing the first draft, I do not fear making mistakes. I do not fear extending myself and tr- experimenting and trying new or different techniques. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, beat myself up about, wow, that scene I just wrote was really bad. I, right. I can go back and fix it or cut right. it all together. But there's yeah. always something to do. There's always ways to, to improve. But you have to be unafraid to, to, to make mistakes. Always try new things. I agree. I agree. I, I, I mentioned that little, um, that little video I'd created called The Author's Journey, where I talk, talk about part of what I've learned from talking to people, because I always learn. Always, always. And really, learning is what, if, if you fear failure, you should replace it, I believe, with the concept of learning. Because really, yeah. that's all that's ever happening is learning, learning, learning. There's no way to agree time. more. Yeah, it's just learning. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. 22 books. Every book, <laughs> every book I write, uh, my goal, I want to learn something. Yeah. I, I want to learn. I want it to be better than, you know, the, the last book I wrote. I want to do something different, do something new, get better, always get better. That's good. I don't know. I can't, I can't think, I wouldn't want to do it otherwise. I think I'd get bored if it weren't something new every time. Uh, well, Robert, Bob, I knew this would be a fun conversation. It always is, uh, but I'm not quite ready to let you go. First of all, people want to learn about you and where they can listen to you, buy your book, blah, blah, blah. Is it, what's, what's the best place to go? Oh, well, um, I have a website. Uh, it's my name, uh, Robert Crace, C-R-A-I-S.com. Uh, they can go to my website. I'm also uh, on Instagram, at uh, Robert Crace, oh. and I'm on uh, Facebook, The Real Robert Crace. And the real they, they can hit any of those places, learn all they want, see a lot of cool pictures. I like to take pictures and, uh, oh, you know, say hello. Nice. Oh, excellent. Okay. But, like I said, not quite done with you. Uh, I think this time I'm going to ask you something slightly different at the end. Uh, if you could, if you could go back to young twenty-two-year-old Robert Crace, uh, just starting out in television, doesn't know diddly squat, but he's eager. What is the thing you? What is? What would you tell him that you know now that he didn't know? What's the one thing he really needed to know then that you know now? Wow. Uh, here's what I would tell him. I would tell him. Um, I would tell him, don't be as afraid as you were. It's all going to work out, and these days now are a gift to you that uh, uh, will pay off a thousand times over. Wow. And I, and I yeah. say that because I was terrified. Right, right. You know, right. I was young. Uh, I knew nothing. And I, I honestly, honestly, Bill, I, I think – Certainly the first couple of three years, first couple of years yeah. I was involved in TV, 
um, you know, I didn't even understand. I I was so fortunate. I didn't understand the depth of that good fortune. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I was I I felt like I'd been dropped in the middle of the ocean. Right. And you know, uh, and and I was treading water as fast as I <laughs> as I could, <laughs> and worried about slipping under. Um, yep. And uh, and I would say, hey, buddy, it's all going to be okay. Just That's do great. your thing. Keep riding. Keep your eye on the ball. It's going to work out. That's great. He would. He wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't sure, have. man. I got to swim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Robert, thank you so much. It's always great to talk to you. Good luck. This book was fabulous. Hope it sells like crazy. And good luck with the next one. Bill, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. That's right, everybody. You know, I don't know where you are on your journey, but here's the thing. Just like Robert said, uh, wherever it, someday you're going to look back and, you, and you're going to say to that person who's wherever he or she is, because you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine because you always are. You always are. I'm going to be back next week with another fabulous guest on Tuesday this time, not Wednesday. I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, R.J. You're awesome. Until then, go find something you love to do and do it. <laughs>